Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, December 8th, 2020, and I'm your host, Ariel Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Our special guest this evening is Erica Almut, and Erica's awakening began when she personally experienced her own healing of an incurable disease, which ignited a passion for sharing with others the incredible power of the human body to heal itself through physical, emotional, and spiritual practices. She left the corporate world early in 2002 to launch her mission work, which has expanded into multiple areas, including quantum healing, conscious parenting, channeling galactic guidance, and intuitive tarot. She is currently serving her global audience of lightworkers and other starseeds through her popular YouTube channel with over 14 million views and newly launched her podcast, Soul Speak with Erica Elmutz, where she is focused on the ascension of the divine feminine and masculine, soul growth and shadow work, and guiding light workers and starseeds to stay in their light during this shift into the new earth frequencies. Erica has written for the New York Times, appeared on the Ricky Lake Show, The Insider, Entertainment Tonight, and NBC's Today Show online. She's been a regularly featured health and parenting expert on multiple San Diego news stations and has been a guest on several national radio shows. She has a BA from Harvard and an MBA from Babson College. And you can check out her very impressive YouTube channel, which is uh, at youtube.com, Erica Elmutz. And Erica is spelled E-R-I-K-A, and Elmutz is E-L-M-U-T-S. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we would like to thank Kathy for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for Erica. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's continual dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here and you will get our weekly show notices if you enable those. Our main website is starseedhotline.com and the Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. If you've been listening to our show, you know about the global Starseed activation that's been going on for two years since December 18, 2018. And in the 11 years that we've been online, we've not seen anything like this before. So the waiting time for the Stage 2 live sessions is still at about five to six months, but the Stage 1 wait time is finally shrinking to just under 20 weeks now and will continue to be reduced thanks to our new team of astrologers. And we're going to be doing a radio show soon to introduce them to you officially as soon as we get the website updated and 
a lot of work has to happen first. So we've just been focusing on doing the readings. So remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you'll get a window of 10 hours of power. And you can find out exactly when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. That only takes a few days. But if you want the interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order it six months ahead of your birthday so that you'll get it in before your 10 hours. So first up tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia. Oh, my screen is jumping. Where are you, Anastasia? Hang on. The screen jumped, and now I can't see where you are. I don't see you. Okay. Well, maybe Anastasia's having trouble getting in. Okay. Um, I'm scanning. I'm looking. I still don't see her. Well, um, if if she does come in, uh, we'll just have to let you know. So, uh, I guess, Lavendar... <laughs> Here we go. Uh, get your mic open, and Erica. Take questions. So, got to do this. Hang on a second. <laughs> Hello, Erica. Welcome to Starseed Radio. Hi, Arielle. How are you today? Uh, well, I'm doing really good until the computer started flipping out. Um, Lavendar, I've got your mic open as well, and. Um, Anastasia either is having trouble getting in or there's some kind of um, thing going on that we don't know about. So I guess we're going to have to skip the news tonight. Okay. okay. Well, or I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good to hear. All righty. So, um, Erica Elmutz, welcome to the show. Lavendar, you can take it away. Okay. Thank you. So, Erica, I... I so enjoyed meeting you at the Quest and uh, knowing that you're on the planet doing the work, and I was really happy that you decided to be our guest tonight because I know that you have so much to tell us about starseed work and what you've been doing. So share share a little bit about your background and how you came to be a starseed. Well, I appreciate that, Lavendar. I, too, have been really looking forward to tonight and our conversation because um, the work that you are all doing for the star seeds on the planet is quite remarkable and it's really an honor to be here. Um, I mean, my background is somewhat of the typical suburban uh, young child growing up outside of Boston and um, just, you know, did what most children do. You go to school, you get good grades, you graduate high school you go to college, you get a good job. And that really was my background. And I was a competitive athlete. I was a nationally ranked tennis player. I played in Division I college tennis. So I spent a lot of my youth on the tennis court as, a, as an athlete and learned, you know, the ups and downs of that, that um, a lot of good life lessons, I should say. And um, ended up after college, I ended up graduating uh, and working for a couple of years and decided to go get back and get more education and ended up getting a master's. And then I went out into the world thinking that everything was, you know, normal. I had done everything I could do. And then my life changed (laughs) when uh, I was at the ripe old age of 27 diagnosed with an incurable disease, which obviously turned my life 
upside down. You know, it was something that I never expected. I had lived a very healthy life. I was always taking care of myself. So that to me was the first time where I had a real, I guess, wake up call at, at the, you know, at, at an age when I was supposed to be really enjoying my life and enjoying my hard work paying off. So it was quite the, uh, it was one of the most pivotal moments of my life. So, so what, what happened right after that? Did you quit your, your corporate job or what, what happened? Did you heal yourself or tell us how you, how you healed your body? Well, so this really began my awakening journey. Um, And as many people um, have the same experience, it's, it kind of happened for me in, in multiple phases, but it really began with that diagnosis. And I kind of went the medical route and did what I could. I was told I'd be a sick person for the rest of my life, get ready for an, a life of ups and downs. You'll need to be on medication for the rest of your life and just get ready to be in and out of a hospital, in and out of doctor's offices. And at the age of 27, nobody really wants, well, nobody wants to hear that at any age, but especially, you know, when you think you have your whole life ahead of you and an illness is something that happens older people, right? That's kind of how you grow up thinking, well, I'm young and I'm healthy. So um, through a series of events, I actually met an energy healer when I was working up in San Francisco, up in the Bay Area, in my corporate job leading the brand strategy practice at a PR firm. And he had a special lunch and learn session. And long story short, he did a form of energy healing on me in that session and removed the imprint of an emotion on my body. And this, I didn't quite know at the time the magnitude of what had happened or exactly what it meant. All I knew is my life changed that day. So from that point on, I began a quest to learn so much about the body's ability to heal and the fact that our emotions and our spiritual path can, can manifest in physical disease. So I just started pouring over books and books and books in my spare time. That's all I would read. And then a couple years later, I ended up um, during, I was going through a divorce with my daughter's father and she was barely one at the time. And I decided at that point, if I was going to be away from my daughter to be working to support myself, because I'd been a stay at home mom for the first year of her life, that I was going to do something that fed my soul. And so I decided to go back to school and become a naturopath. So that's really the transition I made somewhat out of corporate America into the world of healing. So how many years ago was that? So it was back in approximately 2006. And when I first was healed of this disease, I mean, I've been off of all my medications. I've never had a recurrence of this disease, you know, and, and I've, I've lived a life not like what the physicians told me I would live. So I knew deep down in my soul that there was a reason I'd gone through this experience. And therefore, I, I wanted to shout, shout from the rooftop that, you know what, you don't have to live this way. You don't have to live sick. You don't have, there are other options. And so when I began my natural healing practice in 2000 and early, late, late 2006, early 2007, most people came to me with, physical ailments, you know, I have arthritis, or I have migraine headaches, or I have, you know, tendonitis in my shoulder. Is there anything natural I can take for that? Very quickly through my work and my training, it, I became very, it became very clear that 
underlying every physical ailment was some sort of emotional or spiritual discord. And so um, at the same time, interestingly enough, I also began using a quantum uh, energy healing system, a device that came into my experience. And it was something that felt very technical. It felt very understandable. We measure frequencies. We measure the resonance of certain frequencies when we introduce it to the patient's field. We've got, you know, we've got the, the, the harnesses that we put on the person. So it felt very science and technical, but I very quickly realized that it was anything but. It was definitely something much bigger going on. And so this is kind of how I started waking up to more. And even at that time, I had a... Um, an intuitive reader that I would get readings from once in a while. And she told me at the time, and I didn't understand it when she said it, but she's like, you've you've been gifted some technology from the future. And I heard it and I knew she was right, but I still needed to, you know, understand more. But that's, that was way back in 2006. And now there's multiple back then. Nobody was really talking about it. It was a very hard thing for me to explain to people. Well, you come to me and I can help, your body restore balance and therefore then you won't have your physical disease anymore. That was really hard for most people to wrap their brains around, but it's been about almost 15 years that I've been using quantum healing. Um, and it's evolved over time to lavender because the way that I'm doing my quantum healing now is it's actually without the system, without this device. And it's really helping to empower. I take them through processes and I take them through the healing process where the information comes from within them and I connect them to the field through them. And so it's far more empowering, you know, rather than having, oh, it's a device that's balancing my body or, oh, I'm going to an energy healer who's going to heal me from the outside. What I love about the way that I'm working with quantum healing now is that it's coming from within the individual. I'm facilitating, I'm helping, but they're the ones that are bringing the information forth. So it's that much more profound, in my opinion. Well, not only that, but it locks it in to a level, a cellular level, that puts them into the up spiral, which they can stay connected to being healthy by by having them participate in this way. Exactly. It's really been, I mean, I, I, I literally, every single session that I've done with you know, the thousands of hours of sessions that I've done, whether I was using the system before or whether I've just been doing it without the system now, every session I leave and I'm just in awe of the way that the divine works and the way that the energies work. It's just incredible. And no two sessions are the same. Oh, I get that. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) when did you first realize that you were a starseed? What made you decide that you belong to the starseed group on the planet? You know, it really wasn't that long ago. Um, it's funny because my, you know, my intuitive development has developed over the years because even with my quantum device, I used to always be able to predict what amount of rectification would come with a certain frequency. Like I'd, put, I'd, I'd, I'd apply the energy and then I'd be wait for, waiting for the results and the rectification. And when I was predicting, oh, it's going to be 46% rectified, or this one's going to be 92% rectified, and then that number would show up, I, I was like, okay, clearly I think this is more of a focusing device for my own abilities rather than it coming from the technology. 
But um, and then you know I worked in a homeopathic pharmacy and I began exploring with a lot of flower essences. I went and did a lot of training. I've done orosoma training, and so I began trusting my intuition more over the years. Like that was around probably 2010. And then the most important thing that I think, just to add to the story, is the fact that I have a, a parent to a starseed daughter. And so when she was born, she's 15 now, um, I understood there was a, something bigger at play. And so I was very focused on teaching conscious parenting. A lot of my um, TV appearances and radio show appearances all focused on conscious parenting, but I got to watch this little star seed growing up and witness firsthand some of the things that she would do, say, and all that. So through her and our partnership, I think we kind of helped each other. But it wasn't until late 2017 when I began my YouTube channel that I actually figured out that something big was going on. Like I knew I was intuitive and I, (laughs) I knew that I was developing and building more confidence in that. But when I started my YouTube channel and I began doing personal readings for people using tarot and Oracle cards, that's when I discovered something big was going on because, you know, you can study tarot from an intellectual standpoint. You can read books. You can say, this is a general meaning of the two of cups, or this is a general meaning of the ace of pentacles. And if you're doing readings for someone, I figured that if I did opened up for readings for people that I'd be sort of accurate most of the time. Sometimes I'd hit a home run and sometimes I would just flop. And I just figured intellectually that this would happen. But when I got the gushing feedback after every single reading that I did for people privately, and I I joked that I was batting a thousand and I had no idea how that was possible is when I really discovered that I was channeling. And they also then realized that I had been channeling my entire life. I always knew things ahead of time, things that I thought were obvious. Other people wouldn't, wouldn't see it or understand at all. And I never understood why I was the only one that was getting things. <laughs> but it was through well, that Well, that's because you came from knowing and not from a belief system. You know, people that, mm. that have that strong knowing in their, in their body, uh, they, do, they go directly to... Um, hitting the bullseye with with accuracy and with intuition they get it within like five seconds one two three four five pick at six seven eight you're too late exactly and you know what's funny about that lavendar is in my natural healing practice the philosophy of natural healing is not just treating symptoms that's typically the allopathic medical model where there's a symptom and then you address the symptom in the naturopathic philosophy um which is also like, you know, Eastern, a lot of Eastern medicine, is where you try to get underneath at the root cause as to why the, why the person is experiencing the symptoms. And I was always so, my success rate with my clients was so good because intuitively I knew the cause. But I thought it was just because I had studied. <laughs> I didn't realize it was because I was intuitively coming to the information, but that's really what it was because there could be 10 reasons why somebody has a headache. And so you would treat it 10 different ways depending on what the cause was. But I always got it right, and it was crazy. So, um, yes, and then when I discovered that the starseed was through a dear friend of mine, um, she kind of introduced me to the concept. And then I went to your website, and very quickly it resonated completely. I started listening to your shows, and I, it was like, yep, this is what it is. And then it was after that that I came to Quest. 
And that was really what cemented so much about my entire life's experience. It was one of those moments, and I think I even shared this with you at Quest Lavendar, where my experience at Quest was where suddenly I had all these pop-up moments where everything kind of clicked together. All these little experiences from when I was a child to when I was in high school to when I was, um, you know, going through my illness or my healing and everything went boom, 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 boom. And it's like suddenly everything made sense. And it was just a, a magical experience for me. Well, that's like, it's like a tapestry. One thing leads to another in your understanding of why you came to the planet and, and where your place is in the scheme of things. That's what started happening for you at the Quest, I think. Now, were you there in 2017 or 2018 at the Quest? It was in 20, 2018. 2018, Okay. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, 2019. I'm sorry. May, it was 2019. Well, 20, okay. I see, okay. I, this, whole, this whole year just disappeared. <laughs> well, I know. It's been, <laughs> I'll be so glad when it's gone, you. <laughs> yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, it was just 2019 in last year in the spring. You know, I have been looking at a lot of people's charts in the last few weeks and months, and the one thing that I'm finding, and I wanted to know if you're finding this too, something very big happens for all of us, starseeds in February, there seems to be a gigantic surge in people's charts, no matter where they're living on the planet. I have Europe and Australia and all these different people these past two weeks, and I'm seeing something very similar that's happening. And although the people are born at different dates and different years, I'm seeing that there's something very huge happening in February that has to do with money. It has to do with the truth, it has to do with aha. It's an aha month. It's where a lot of things, mm. I think, when people go, oh, now I see why this happened, or oh, th- this is how we're going to be living our lives from now on, or whatever. It's February. Well, Have you been seeing February at all? Well, you know what's interesting is um, when I do my channelings, I actually channel a lot of astrological energies through tarot which is very interesting because so, I'm not an astrologer, but I'm so fascinated by astrology. And a lot of the messages come through the tarot about astrology. And I've been seeing, um, I haven't gone ahead to February yet because I usually do what the current transits are and all of that. But I did do a series on 2021 and I'm curious what I found there. But what I am seeing is we have a massive, um, I'm seeing a big split um, over the last couple of months especially, but especially building here to the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, December 21st, solstice, I've been seeing this choice point where it's either you're going to pick this path or this path, and it's been building and building and building throughout this year. And I, and I'm, I do see that, especially for starseeds, if they're not on mission yet, they're being pushed to begin in whatever capacity it is for them. Um, and so a lot of my messages that I've been channeling have been all around aligning and trusting the guidance you're getting to take that risk. Because a lot of people, especially with the upheaval we've had this year, are nervous to make changes in their lives. Oh, I don't want to leave this job because it's safety and security. But they're getting called strongly by their soul. Soul's like, Mm-mm, it's time now. If you've kind of put it off for a while, we've let you do that, but now <laughs> we're not going to let you do that anymore. And don't you think that one of the things that's happening to a lot of us is because we're having to stay in our houses and and uh, have more reflection and have more time to think and, and, and not be uh, around so many different people that have so many different ideas thrown at us. 
it's it's a time when we could really actually I guess you could spend time looking at the dark side of your soul. Any any place that you want to go actually and work on yourself now is a good time to do it. Yes, you know, it's funny, right after Quest last year, my mission, I got a strong I got strong guidance on what my what one of my mission areas was supposed to be, one of my areas of focus was supposed to be and it came right after Quest. And that was I was given a very strong message that my role at the time was to begin to support starseeds and lightworkers to prepare for what's coming. We didn't know what was coming, but I got this massive, like, okay, Erica, you're going to need to start getting everybody prepared for what's on its way. We're going to get them understanding that we're about to go through a major transition, a major change, and we need, we need everybody ready for this because when the masses begin to go through this, the star seeds are going to be needed to help hold the light, to help download the frequencies, to help support people that are going not understanding. And then suddenly when this all happened, it was like, well, I guess this is why I was told to help begin preparing people. And, and what yes, I've noticed. And I also found it's the same, it, what you're saying is true is that um, those of us that um, have codes or blueprints for the for the new people that are coming to the planet those of us that have to stay quiet now sometimes i kid about it but i'm I'm serious when i say i feel like i'm in the galactic witness protection program (laughs) because (laughs) what i'm witnessing i can't really move on it yet it's like i'm holding i'm holding Mm -hmm. i I feel like a filly in the gate hurry up and wait Mm -hmm. hurry up wait because that seems to be the 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 cadence that's going on it's like okay not now you know keep your powder dry mm-hmm. don't don't go out there and make any noise don't go out and protest don't go out and do anything you need to be very quiet and i hear that every day and and me yeah. being a sagittarian you know i want to go and speak and you know you know how sages are <laughs> if it hits that oh, brain I it hits now, I, right? I, have, I have five planets in sag so i can relate <laughs> <laughs> so so it's been really hard for me but at the same time I know that I that it's not my turn. You know it's like I have to be quiet now but I have to be very aware that when the time does come all these star seeds are going to rise all at once all over the planet. It's going to be simultaneous mm. it happens. It's it's going to be like somebody turns a light bulb on and and it just happens overnight. And all those geese that we have planted all over the planet, all the other crystals that have been planted, whenever mm-hmm. this thing happens, whatever it is that I'm, I'm looking at, there's going to be such a switch in consciousness that the star seeds are going to be the ones that hold the new blueprints. So when mm-hmm. all this fighting is said and done, Republicans, Democrats, whoever wants to fight over conspiracies, when, whenever they get to go sit down, then the, I see the star seeds rising. That's what I see. It, I love that you're bringing this up, and I love the way that you said it, Lavendar, where you said it's not my turn right now. Because what's happening is the star seeds, a lot of them have prepared prior to this. And it is. This is a time where I've been shown through some of my channeling that this is the time to hunker down because there's this big storm outside. And there, in one of the sessions, it was given as a lighthouse in the storm. And the lighthouse was getting, if someone's trying to like wipe out, wipe off the mud and the rain from the lighthouse, they're just, it's going to be futile effort. And so now it's time to hunker down in the lighthouse until the storm passes, because what has to happen in the masses, not the starseeds, but the, the mass collective, 
is they are all now going through many of them, the dark night of the soul. They're start, they're having to deal with things. You know, the fact that they're not in the hustle bustle of their day-to-day lives. They're not, they're not commuting to work, dealing with their bosses, coming home, doing their thing. I mean, this lockdown has forced people to sit within themselves and to examine everything about their lives. And so we are here holding space, I believe, right now as starseeds, holding the energetic space to allow them this process, which is not pretty. It is, I mean, we're seeing the worst of people's shadows right now oh. um, everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's actually, it's pretty horrifying when you tune into it and look at it and go, oh, my goodness, I just can't believe what I'm witnessing. And then you just have to turn your attention away from it because it, it can take you down if you stay too long with it. So it's like, exactly. you know, uh, this shows my age, but we, we, had a, we had a song back when I was growing up called Don't Look Ethel. <laughs> and that's what I'm playing now is <laughs> Don't Look Ethel. <laughs> okay. And it, it's a discipline because, yeah. you know, we are – I, I went off of, um, I took a detox completely from anything on the internet for a couple of weeks. And it was interesting what happened in that time simply because I had so much more time on my hands. <laughs> and I also was doing it to preserve my energy. I had to put up some very big boundaries. Um, even with my YouTube channel for a few weeks, I had to shut off all of com- all comments because I just had to put up a boundary because I was seeing a lot of, the negativity and just oh, everyone's yeah. shadows playing out. So I just yeah. said, I've got to do what I can do to preserve myself, to keep my energy strong, because I need my energy strong, as do you and as does every other starseed. So that's, it's a very, we knew it was going to be hard, but we had no idea how hard this year would be. And, and we're not through with it. Something else is going to be no. happening in the next month or so. I feel like there's another shoe that's going to drop. I'm not sure what mm-hmm. it is, but I can tell there's mm-hmm. a, a big energetic that's going to hit our planet, and it's not just the United States; it's the whole planet. It's something mm-hmm. that's going to be global. And but I think that whatever happens, that we'll be able to uh, rise above it and and be who we came to be. That's what I'm holding on to. Is is this is going to allow us to step in and take our power and hold steady and be responsible truly responsible for our for our actions not only our words but our actions because actions do speak louder than words now most definitely and that's where we're being called you know i do a lot of work with the divine masculine and divine feminine and energetically i've seen a strong union between the two um within this this year especially and when those two forces are aligned within each of us from the energy of the, of the divine and not what I call, you know, the distorted masculine or feminine, which is what, the, which is what we're breaking free from. We're breaking free right. from the old paradigm conditioning of fear, lack, disease, everything. Um, it's like we ain't seen nothing yet of what these two are going to do together within ourselves, but we also do have a lot of people coming into sacred union with another partner, whether it's in mission work, whether it's in a romantic partnership, but when you get two people that have aligned their inner masculine and feminine energies and have reached unity consciousness and in their full power and have surrendered to their journey, it's like, we're, we're gonna, it's like nothing we've ever seen before. And I'm really, quite frankly, excited to see how that's going to play out. The, one of the things that I'm noticing is the, the trinity of three. I, I know that two is polarity, and I heard what you said about it, but then I'm finding that the third person creates the spin, 
it's a spin mm-hmm. of creativity. You take it out of polarity and you put it into a more goddess uh, place of, of of manifestation. It's like I love when, that. When it's called the three sisters spin is what I call it. I like that because it is. It's not just two ends of a spectrum. There's a there's a three dimensional unit there, and I love the way that you call that. The, yeah. What is it? The three sisters. So, the third three sisters spin. I love that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and sometimes when I was down in Aruba and I was working with this concept, uh, there would be two women and a man, or two two men and a woman. It it if if it's just three 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 can handle it. It doesn't have to be three women or three men. It's whatever the uh, occasion calls for. You know, if mm-hmm. you're doing shamanistic work and you know that you've got a, a strong male shaman with two strong female goddesses, well, that, that'll work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my, okay. yes, exactly. So let me ask you about your shadow work. You, you specialize in this. Can you give us a little uh, hint of how you work with this and, 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 and how this is important for you to do? Well, you know, it's funny. I, nobody, no, I don't think anybody ever sets out to say, I really want to help people with shadow work, unless they've done a lot of it themselves, and then they want to help people with it. But shadow work is not something I ever thought I would, quote, unquote, specialize in, but it's what has evolved out of my work and in my channelings. Um, because a lot of what I do is I help people with their soul growth. So understanding when they are operating from their light and when they're operating from their unconscious. And that's really where with my conscious parenting background where I studied neurobiology and the development of the subconscious mind and how it imprints on our children, um, it began to be very clear to me that the way that you can, what I call accelerate your soul growth, is when we do a lot of shadow work. And most people honestly don't want to do it because it's not easy. This is the deep, deep, very dark stuff that is very triggering. But if I'm going to say one of, it is to me one of the most important things somebody could work on to make the biggest difference in their lives. And the way that I've done this is I have a, I have a monthly month subscription um, and I also do kind of more in-depth extended videos from my YouTube channel because the shadow video and teaching that I do is not really something that's it, it's not for the masses. It's not for to be out there on YouTube. To me, it's a lot more sacred, and therefore it, I, I choose to have it be something more private, you know, behind, you know, in my website or in some of my programs. It's not something I throw out there because I, I'm very discerning and responsible with what I'm teaching. I don't want to just throw it out there because a lot of things, people could get triggered left and right, and it would not be in a good way. So I really... I do a lot of in-depth work of helping people look at the situations that they're in. And then I channel what their unconscious shadow is in that scenario and what unconscious shadows to be aware of. I've even done, like I have an episode in my podcast about shadow work. I have a video on YouTube that goes a little bit more in depth if, if anyone's interested in, in learning more in depth. But in, in general, when we can hold up a mirror to ourselves, and see how we're responding. Because the shadow is like the unconscious that we don't know we're doing. It's, I say this always in my conscious parenting courses. It's like, you know when somebody tells you that you just did something and you deny doing it because you don't consciously remember doing it because your conscious mind was elsewhere, but 85% of our behavior is driven by our subconscious. And so we may have done something 
but we are so oblivious to having done it. When someone points it out, we think they're lying. I mean, how many arguments have we had with, you know, friends or siblings or spouses where, where it's like, you just did that and you're, you're vehement, vehemently denying it. And they're like, no, I, you just said that to me. And you're like, no, I didn't. But it's because of that's the unconscious shadow. So the more that we can bring it to the light by bringing it to our conscious awareness through being like me doing these channeling, then people, when it happens, they'll be like, oh, I remember Erica said this, or I remember this came through in that lesson, and now I see it actually happening. And then they start to see it in other people as well. So therefore, when in relationships, when someone else is triggered by their shadow and they're projecting it onto you, you start taking it less personally because you understand how that works. So it's such a, it's such a vital piece to, I believe, the ascension process that I think a lot of people neglect simply because it, it is very difficult to do and it's not easy and it's, it, it's not for the faint of heart. I have a question for you. Um, do you <laughs> suppose that in the shadow work that, uh, you know, the moon moves into a sign every two and a half days? And, mm-hmm. and I'm very aware now that the moon is being uh, upgraded or uh, a lens is being put on it. There, there's a heavy emotional energy coming from the, from the moon right now and has been for several months. So now I'm mm-hmm. wondering, with this energy coming from the moon, that it's not activating people's shadow and making it come up front and center to where you can get rid of it quicker and faster. I'm just, I'm just curious. You know, like when the moon gets into Gemini, for two days. Well, that's when everybody gets chatty Cassie and everybody gets trickster. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. when the moon gets into cancer, well then, oh, well, they're, they want to talk about their family. They're talking about their, their, you know, their spouses and what's going on for the weekend. I mean, every time the moon changes signs, it gives us a clue of emotional stability on the planet. But right now, for some reason, it's magnified. So now I'm asking you, the shadow work, don't you think that maybe it's rising and being taken care of at a very fast pace right now? I actually believe that's true because, you know, it's forcing it's forcing everybody, and no matter how awake or unawake or ascended or, you know, asleep a lot, anyone is, they, they can't help but be facing it. And I think that it is intentional that we are all going through this now. And it doesn't necessarily have to be dragged out. It's just I believe it's how willing the person is to actually address it and look at it because that is the free will choice we have. We could, but we also do know the universe will escalate experience after experience if we ignore it. If we ignore the lesson coming in for us, which our shadows often do when we're getting the different energies, if we ignore it, and pretend it's not there, then the next go around, I have seen it escalate to a bigger and bigger lesson until you can't ignore it anymore. And I think right now we're kind of skipping ahead to where you can't ignore it anymore for the collective. You know, no longer that's, is it kind of dra- like dragging out, it's speeding up for sure. Well, that's because I think everything is, is magnified. Everything is like mm-hmm. uh, 10 times stronger than it was a year ago, in other words. Mm-hmm. It's, I agree it's, with you on that. It's, That's very it's almost like there's this giant galactic pimple and it's about to pop <laughs> and we're all involved <laughs> in it somewhere. <laughs> That's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Right. So what is, tell us about your next endeavor, and, and, and what are you being called to do next? Are you going to take, take people on trips when we can start traveling the planet? I think that you'd be really good doing that. Well, I know you've mentioned that to me before, and it's certainly on my radar. Um, you know, my, my biggest focus next, I do have a number of other programs I'm working on to develop to support people more and more, but I think my biggest focus I've been given from my guides and from, from my channeling is really to get focused on my divine family work. You know, this is where we, as starseeds, as light workers, and just as humans, it is our responsibility to help create and pave the path for the youngsters that are being born now, the ones that are growing up now, because they have extremely important, bigger, big mission work to do. And those of us that have come before them, it's our job to support them in the best way possible. And so a lot of my, my work with the Divine Family, those are a couple different programs that I have, are really aimed to helping parents stay in their divine masculine and divine feminine as parents, whether they're in a couple or whether they're single parents, but understanding how we are breaking free of a, matri- of a, of a template of a family, which, was basic, which has been based in the distortion, right? It's been based in distorted masculine and distorted feminine energy. And so we are now being called to help raise these children so that they can create the new template. We can together create the new template for the divine family. I really so see I, us I'm needing being... a, we need a, a starseed school for kids. I mean, mm-hmm. the starseed kids need to be trained differently than, than, than other earth children. And I don't know how that's well, going to, to work. Uh, you know, in our society, but that's the truth. There are people here that have abilities that come from other places where they can be enhanced and really take technologies to a new level, not the kind that we're seeing now that's going to hurt the people and the planet, but have more uh, inventions than people bringing healthy remedies to the planet instead of things that are destructive. Well, it's funny you say that, Lavendar. Were you in a channeling session I did back in February? <laughs> no. <laughs> because I was, given a, I was given a very strong vision about um, my work in helping to, to shape um, a new way of teaching children uh, based in these principles, based in these energies, based in acknowledging their gifts and their different ways of learning and their unique needs that are simply not met in the current system. Um, you know, I think the starseed children now, especially, I mean, I'm raising one, and uh, they have unique challenges that they face, especially with what's going on this year. And so depending on their age and where they're at and how, whether their parents are starseeds or whether the parents aren't, um, it's not an easy time to be, to be a starseed child, but we are here to prepare them. So that's a direction I'm feeling very called um, in amongst some other things too, but that's really where my area of focus um, ongoing is going to be to develop that more and more in a greater capacity. Yeah, we've had several people that have come to our quest that that's their dedication is to put together a starseed um, curriculum for for these kids that are here on the planet. We have like three or four different people that want to do that, and hopefully when the big money comes, we can put them together and, and, and have them do it and be oh, part of be our, our team to support that because that really needs to happen. 
It does. It does. And it's interesting because me even focusing on the divine family at this point came about about two years ago. I was doing a reading. Um, I was doing just a reading for my YouTube channel uh, using Tarot and Oracle where I was just channeling some messages for parents who are going through a divorce and what, you know, what basically wanted them to know and understand about that process because that's a very difficult process. Many people stay in unhealthy situations because of the children. And so I just started doing a reading just on guidance and what messages were coming through. And towards the end of that video, there was a massive energy that rushed through me and immediately I began channeling the collective divine child. And it was, and I'm getting chills as I'm even speaking to you now about it, where the collective children of the planet were speaking through me in this video. And it was so powerful, very emotional. And it was in that moment that I knew that there was a voice that wanted to be heard. There was a voice that needed to be communicated. And so that's what I've developed in my current divine family um, offerings that I have to help people hear from the collective divine child, the divine child that is so, so beautiful and all knowing and to hear the messages coming from the children to their parents. It's to me, again, that was just something that came through as, okay, I need to do this. I've got to do this. And so that's what I've created here, and I'll continue to do more of it. But it's also blended together with my more, you know, academic conscious parenting background from that began more than 10 years ago. I've always seen you um, taking people on trips, so I hope that you do that. (laughs) (laughs) I've always seen you being the the oracle, you know, going around and speaking and talking and and activating people on these sacred sites. So I think that's something that's going to happen for you in the future. I love it. Well, I I have had some conversations about that since you and I spoke about that a while back, too. So I'm holding, I know my daughter would love that because she wants to come with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can see the two of you doing a lot of unique things in the future with with her friends who are starseed and with your friends who are starseed the older ones and the younger ones will will come together and that will be a great day oh it will be so fabulous i look forward Uh, to that day so um i'm noticing the time so i'd like to share uh uh you with my co-host ariel and the switchboard will you be willing to maybe talk to some people that want to call in Sometimes we have sure, people absolutely. call. Sometimes they wait and, sure. and 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 listen to the show later. But I've really enjoyed speaking with you today, and and let's stay connected so that when we do have uh, a lot of things coming together, that we'll be able to share um, our experiences and people and put together the school that needs to happen for these kids. You know, count us in. We're we're here to help you do that. You know that, right? Yes, thank you, Lavendar. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, as always. I appreciate you so much, and thanks for having me today. And anytime you want to come on our show, even if it's for for five minutes, just to announce something, you always have an invitation, okay? Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Okay, so back to you, Ariel. Okay. Wow, I've just so enjoyed and, and resonated with everything that you've said. And um, right now, I just want to take a moment, um, even though, as Lavender said, we don't usually get a lot of callers, um, sometimes none, because a lot of people will listen um, in the archives later. But 
um, if anyone is already on the switchboard and you've got a question for Erica, you'll need to press 1 on your keypad so that we know you want to come on the air. And if you're listening on the computer right now and you have a question, just pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1, and um, we'll get you together with Erica. So um, just while we're waiting for that, uh, there's also one thing I just want to take a, a, a small moment here uh, to make another announcement for another one of our Starseeds, who was also at the Quest. Uh, she's been there uh, two or three times, I think, um, from Italy. And that is our dear, beautiful uh, Valeria Bruno, who is um, a professor of neuroscience. And um, she is, since coming to the Quest, um, put together the spiritual side of her business, even though she is a an academician, um, she has put together a virtual, free, online retreat during this upcoming solstice window. Um, I, I think it starts on the uh, the 10th or the 11th, and then it goes up to the solstice. But it is creating the life you love, how to live a spiritual life in a 3D reality, and this is the link, and it's on the announcement so that if you don't catch it, um, you can just refer to the announcement that's, um, that goes along with this show. And, but it is called the Art of Magnificence.lpages.co um, forward slash creating the life you love. You probably could get in just with the Art of Magnificence and find it, but... Um, what she is doing is pure genius, and she's helping to activate the latent genius in others, um, especially starseeds. So congratulations, Valeria. We're really proud of you, and um, I hope you have a, a wonderful, only the first of many, um, experience. So back to you, Erica. Um you know, as early on, um, I had jotted down a question uh, because when you were talking about the um, when you first started um, um, as a naturopath and you were using um, a device, um, you know, um, was it was it like electrodermal testing? No, uh, no it was um, it was a quantum. Um, energy frequency device that what it did was it calibrated to a person's energy field and through the quantum field it could be do it could be done in person it could be done distance and once it ah. calibrated to a person's field what it did is I could test over 12,000 different frequencies anything from disease states to foods to um, organ systems I could I could test acupuncture points I could test your spine. I mean, there were so many panels. I think there's over 30 different testing panels. And so what it would do is it would, it would um, measure the reactivity and see where things were most either acutely out of balance energetically or where they were more chronically out of balance. And so what it did was help to restore balance through applying frequencies to the individual that would bring them back to stasis, to their original blueprint. 
And so that's the device that I used. And it was, uh, you know, it wasn't, it's not like a muscle testing device or a skin, but I know there's so many more that have been developed since then. I mean, remember, this is like 15 year old technology at this point, but um, I mean, it was 15 years ago. And now I see so many of these devices out there because there's so much that can be done for healing with using technologies, Um, especially a lot of technologies that have not been revealed or have been suppressed that hopefully will be revealed soon. Right, right. Yeah, because my naturopath uses something similar with all those capacities that you just mentioned. Um, And it's just, it's such a, uh, it's so accurate. But you've gotten to the point Mm -hmm. where you are the machine. (laughs) You don't need that um, external (laughs) device because you have, you know, kind of internalized that. So, and and that is wonderful. So how do, um, you know, I do use it still just because I, if I use it on myself, because sometimes it's really hard to work on yourself. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I need, I need something to work yeah. on me. Or I listen That's to like... one of my, I, or one of my energy session audios um, that I've, that I've recorded. And I'll sometimes, in fact, I did one this afternoon. So. And do you, I mean, do you function mostly off of YouTube? Um, because I, I, I tried to, find your website and I had a little bit of trouble doing that. So, um, um, I, that's oh, why yeah. I just put so, your, yeah, so I'm sorry. So my, yeah, my, my, my website is, a, is forwarding right now to a different URL, which is possibly why you were having trouble. Um, but if anyone goes to Erica um, they'll see it. But my website, it's, it's, pretty basic there's not a ton of info certainly youtube is a great way but i did actually create a very specific special page just for starseeds because a lot of my work um, there's certain things that i think are very appropriate and much more interesting for starseeds specifically so i actually have a special page that i created that will kind of point starseeds to the right direction and within all the stuff that i do offer well that's great so what is what is the best way if someone wanted to contact you for a private session, do you still do those? I'm not doing one-on-one sessions anymore. Um, I've been close to doing those for about two years now. However, I've been, um, they are free to go to my YouTube channel. Um, they can go to ericaelmitz.com forward slash starseed, and they'll see there I've got my podcast listed there, and I've pulled out specific episodes that I think would be powerful for starseeds in particular. I talk about my Divine Family program there. I talk about my quantum rejuvenation energy session, which is actually something that was gifted to me through a channeling earlier this year. And it was like, this is a healing, a a healing process for star seeds, an ongoing maintenance kind of a process. Um, So I, they gave it to me and I, I recorded it. So, um, but all that is on that star seed page on my website, which they have to actually type it in. You won't find it in the menu if you just go to my my site. Okay, but definitely YouTube so, is a good um, place it, to, to check me out. As soon as this this uh, this transferal process with your website um, going to another server or whatever, if they can't get in, just try again. You know, in a day or two, and it is Erica spelled E R I K A, and Elmitz is E L M like Mary U T S dot com forward slash starseed. So I just yes. want to make sure that people know how to connect with you. 
But um, yeah, I went I went onto your YouTube channel, and and I was just like, oh my gosh, I, I mean, there's so much, there's so much. It could take years <laughs> for someone to listen to everything you've done. <laughs> no, there's there's hundreds of videos there, and um, all of them are are you know they're all different types of videos. I have different playlists to make it a little bit easier. Although not most of my videos are not on a playlist, but you know you know how it is, Ariel. You just kind of scan through, and if something's jumping out as a title for you, there's usually means there's a message in there. That's kind of like kind of like running you know the roulette wheel. Right. Like which video should I watch? And it's usually always perfect. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I had to listen to the Aries part. <laughs> I was like, okay, oh. let, me, let me see how that goes. <laughs> um, we actually, we have a caller um, in the screening room right now, so um, we'll be having um, a, a listener to come on and ask you a question. Um, sure. But, you know, w- while you were talking and um, to Lavendar, uh, I actually had your chart in front of me, and when you'd say something, it's like, yep, that's where that came from. Yep, that's where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, um, Isn't that amazing? And I, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're so true to your natural state. And um, Lavendar, um, you've got 22 Scorpio, and so does Lavendar. And that's that's mm-hmm. just, you know, masterful, masterful uh, when it comes to your psychic abilities and your ability to bring change. So, um, and the other the other thing that I, I that just popped right out at me because I mean I saw your chart when you came to the quest, but you know it goes out of your head after you're not looking at it anymore. And right. you know you you came in your north and south nodes. You came in on the frequency for connection to your team. So it's almost like mm-hmm. you came in with a with a, a I don't tether not tether like you know restraint, but with a a, a line. It's like a special phone line right straight to your team so and that's not the only place you've got it on your chart so i thought okay all right that explains that to me because you i mean you wired it up that way before you came in interesting yeah it's funny because i've gotten i've gotten uh, when you guys spoke about my chart at quest i remember i i was up in front of the room and i I remember thinking like i wish i could record what they said because i couldn't remember (laughs) But I, I did have a reading with Lavendar, so I, I definitely got the okay. gist. But it's um, it's it's just been so so fun, and it's also funny because my background is so all over the place. I knew that every time, at every turn, I was simply just following the guidance I was getting of where I needed to go next. And it, for a while, it was just seemed all over the place. But now it's really come together in a cohesive way much more so than it ever was before. Although I still have a very hard time explaining myself. When people say, what do you do, Erica? I go, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to explain what I do. What do, you call, what do you call yourself? And I literally still stumble on that answer every single time. Yeah, well, it, when people want you to, to label yourself, you know, it, it, chances are they wouldn't understand what you told them anyway. You know, mm-hmm. you just... You know, There's you no do way. it all. <laughs> you do it all. So um, our caller is ready. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> our caller is ready. You're going to be talking to Ginger, um, who is also coming to the quest. Let me get your line open there. Hey, Ginger. Welcome to the show. Hey. Thank you so much. Oh, Hi, you're hey, welcome. Erica. Hello, Erica. Go ahead with your, ahead with your question. 
I am also interested in the needs of children and how they're changing. And I'm, I'm working on some ideas also for changing the, educa- the educational system as the needs of our children change. And I'm, um, I'm wondering what types of needs do you see I mean, they're good. They're, our children and our grandchildren, my grandchildren are probably your children's age, but um, need different things. Their their minds are different. Their souls are different. They're intuitive. They are active. Mm-hmm. They're creative. They're all these different things, but they still need the basics. So do you mm-hmm. see online as being a good platform where possibly we could bring together um, teachers of different, I don't know, different interests and hobbies and curriculum all into one place to offer that for the kids. Do you see that as a viable option? You know what, I, I, I personally, um, I, think the, I think the big job obviously is to educate caregivers, teachers, um, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, anyone that works with children help educate them on the way that, that our current children are different, the way that they process information differently, the way that they um, know information, the way that they learn. It's all very different. And so that's where some of the models that we have, for example, in the public school system are, are failing many, many of these children. You know, they're, they're labeled, you know, ADD, ADHD, they have sensory issues, but it's really because they're higher frequency and a lot of them are being fed foods that they're not supposed to be eating because it's interacting improperly. So the first step is educating the, the entire, anyone who cares for children. In terms of the actual experience, you know, we're dealing with online now and there's certainly some beautiful gifts to online I do believe, though, that much of the way to teach, especially with some of these children, is in person um, and having the ability to interact in person um, through either just – there's something that's lost through the online experience, in my opinion. It doesn't mean that there can't be some aspects online. But for right. me, it's like when I, I – like I, I taught my daughter baby sign language. And she first signed back to me at age six months. And I'm, I'm getting chills as I'm remembering this. Um, and through that experience of me teaching her baby sign language, she immediately learned to connect to me, probably more telepathically than anything, right? Because she's starseed. Mm-hmm. But she, she didn't, and, and we continue to communicate like that for years. Um, right. So things like, when you see, you, have, you look the, the child in the eye and you can see their response, they can sense your energy. There's something definitely, I think, that needs to be done in, in physical close proximity in order to get the most out of it. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Thank you for talking to me. Yeah, absolutely, Ginger. Well, keep doing what you're doing. It's really important, and, and uh, we need more of us out there because they need us. These children are remarkable. Yeah, they really are. Okay, well, thank you. Thanks, Ginger. Thanks, Ginger. We'll see you in Arkansas. I hope so. I'm working (laughs) on it. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know what's interesting, Arielle, is um, I meant to say this, is 
I was fortunate enough to to have my daughter be in Montessori education through high school, up to high school. Um, I know there's other educational philosophies like Waldorf, Montessori, and um, in my opinion, for me, that was part of, there were some things that were gifted through those educational philosophies that, that supported more intuitive, more sensitive, more, uh, starseed children, in my opinion. I'm sure there's other innovative ones coming out as well, but that was, for me, a very important piece of keeping her within a Montessori framework as long as physically possible. Right. Well, that's uh, uh, it's definitely a step up from public school. And, um, yeah, I mean, what's happening in the public schools right now is really kind of a nightmare uh, yeah. because they don't know how to handle these special children and uh, it's heartbreaking you know, and, actually yeah 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 i mean and then you know, then you add in you know wi-fi in the classroom um you know junk food in in the vending machines all that kind of stuff yeah uh, yep. yeah it's 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 horrifying so something does need to change and and humming hopefully um a hidden benefit from you know being in lockdown and all this stuff that's going on now, um, is that reestablishing the connection between the parents and the kids, and um, uh, you know just more family time, where the, where the kids know yeah. that they're loved and they're not being labeled. You know what I think that has been one of the as with any situation there's always the gifts and the blessings and I have heard time and time again how much people have really reconnected to the family unit, to their children. They're, spe- they're doing things and spending more time and reestablishing that bond in ways that they weren't before because they were forced to slow down and get out, get off the hamster wheel, like I used to say. Yeah. It, yeah. Has been a, it has been a fabulous gift. You know, it's like they're on the hamster wheel and they're running, running, running. They're not really going places, but they, don't, they can't slow down enough to connect. And, you know, it's funny, one of the rules I always had growing up when I was with my daughter is that when I was with her, I was with her. I wasn't texting on my phone. I wasn't multitasking. I always made sure that when she got my attention, she had my attention. I was easy because she was an only child. She didn't have siblings to compete with. But, but um, to me, that is a philosophy I know I've always used, you know, when we eat dinner together, we sit and we talk, like just all those little things that add up over time that cement the bond where the child feels trusted, heard, understood in ways where they feel like they've got someone on their side. And I love that that has been one of the blessings that's happened this year. Oh, absolutely. And yes, I mean, in eating at home as families, um, mm-hmm. you know, Joining around the dinner table is something that's kind of like a, a, a fading into the into the past. So yeah, not not eating on the run and sitting down as a family and home cooked meals. Um, that's going to go a long way. Hopefully, yeah, um, how many people? I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, was, I just hopefully it'll, it'll continue even after all this is over. I believe it will because I think people are permanently shifted in, in, in ways where they're realizing what matters more. Um, if you, you can't go through 2020 without looking at what's most important and then looking at how you want to change. I mean, one of the other blessings has been the fact that people have gotten creative about ways to do things that they never thought they could do. 
I mean, so many people are like, I've, I online grocery shop, which I was doing before, but now I'm completely online grocery shopping. And it saves so much time. It's, I'm willing to pay a little money for someone to go do the shopping for me and then bring it to my house. It's lovely. And then people finding creative ways to do work, creative ways to teach children. You know, um, there's just, I think it's breaking us out of the, the, the ruts and into Absolutely. the Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have another caller. And <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't surprised um, when Ginger came on uh, because this is a, we're not going to talk to Gus and Gus and Ginger go together like peanut butter and jelly. So hey Gus, how are you doing? It's Ariel. Hi Ariel, great. Oh Gus, this is like I was like, is this the Gus that I know? How are you? This is this is the Gus that you know, Erica. Hi, yeah, oh, great to hear your so show. Good to hear your voice. Magnificent show. Good to hear Lavendar and Ariel and and of course everything that you're talking about the dark dark night of the soul. That's that's been me all year. Yeah, a lot of reading. It's, it's a lot of a uh, lot of soul searching. A lot of uh, shadow work. It's uh, it's been a great year. It's a lot of a lot of good things are rising to the surface for sure. I love to hear that, and it's uh, it, it takes a lot of dedication to do that shadow work because a lot of people, a lot of people when they start it, they're like, okay, that's I've had enough, I'm good, I did enough, and then they just move on. But it's really being able and willing to face it and to to really look at the parts of ourselves and realize that we are lovable, and you know we're supposed to make friends with our shadow. Our shadow has a powerful role in our experience. We're not supposed to get rid of it. We're supposed to make friends with it. I totally agree with that, and uh, and the archetypal work that I've done too. Uh, you know, making friends with uh, some of the uh, archetypes that we that we work with throughout our life. Uh, it it does make sense. You make friends with the saboteur, for instance, it can give you a heads up on uh, if you're heading heading around the wrong corner. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> everything has a everything has a role. And it's funny because in some of the healing sessions I, I would do with clients is part of it is um, we actually have conversations with the different parts of the shadow. And sometimes we say, you know what, the fact that you've been very guarded has served me a purpose in this life, my entire lifetime. And thank you for your service. But we need now the openness to come in. We need the receptivity to come in. And we will call on you when we need you, guardedness. However, right now it's time to um, allow someone else to take the to take the reins for a little while and so we make friends with it we appreciate it of what it's taught us and the role and what it's gifted us through our experience because it forms for a reason you know that guardedness forms because it is a protection mechanism often for something that happens when we're small or in a past life so you know it's really fascinating to get into the shadow stuff i'm sure you can agree gus i totally can i well i'm uh uh, dealing with recovery over the years uh, and dealing with people that were uh, giving up drugs and alcohol. And part of the process of recovery was to uh, to do the inventory work and to kind of get to know yourself a, a whole lot better. And that includes the uh, the shadow. We're looking at parts of self that are, aren't, aren't always that pretty, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff, Erica. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Gus. I'm so glad. Did you have a specific question or 
or or did we already? No, cover I just it? wanted to call and say hi and uh, oh, and let you it. know thank that you I enjoyed so the much. show. Oh, thank you, Gus. I appreciate. it. I hope you have a beautiful holiday. Nice you to hear too. your voice. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Nice to hear Bye, you again, everyone. Gus. Bye-bye. Thanks, happy, happy, happy. Bye bye. Happy happy. Bye bye. Happy happy. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, this is uh, (laughs) is really strange because, I mean, we've done several shows with no one calling in, and now we've got another person (laughs) waiting in the wings. Oh, I love it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and after, let's just say, after this next person, uh, we won't take any more questions. Um, Well, Kathy can't hear me right now. So, uh, let's see, back to what were we talking You know, one thing, when when, uh, when Gus was talking about how this year has been for him, I, I, I kind of had the, the image of, uh, you know, like everybody's got a closet or, uh, you know, the basement or the attic or some junk drawer that's like, yeah, yeah, I got to get to that one day. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, it's like digging in and cleaning out the the grime from the corners. And and it's not yep. it's not fun, it's not pleasant, but boy when it's done, what a feeling. You know, exactly. I mean I've been literally literally doing that. I've been I've been trying to organize my house and it's like, oh god, I have to open up that drawer. Everything's going to fly out, but one by one, I'm going through them everything and I'm updating, clearing out and and it's been, you know, kind of cathartic, even though, you know, I'm, I'm only, I mean, throwing away copies of bills from 20 years ago. It's like, I don't think I need these anymore. So um, well, I think it's past yeah. the seven years. I've done that too. Yeah, yeah, I think that, yeah, it's like you don't need to keep like, anything oh, more than seven years. Because you, know yeah. you know what's great about that one, Ariel, is the fact that it takes the decision completely out of it. You know, when you're organizing, you're like, do I keep it? Do I not? Do I donate? What do I? And that when it's, you get a bill that I've had for 15 years sitting in my files, I go, I just take the whole folder and just throw it out. It makes it so much easier just to have no decision. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's, that's easy enough. But um, I think we got, it's, I'm looking to see if our, where did that caller go? Um, okay. Well, maybe maybe the the caller's question was um, not on topic, or maybe they were on the wrong show. I don't know, but they're gone. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know where that caller went, but. Um, so is there is there is there anything else that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? Um, I think the only thing that I probably would want to leave uh, leave with is just just some things that I feel like is important for parents to understand about the chal- the, the the challenges that starseed children face today, and just to articulate some of that so that if you have children in your experience. You know, this is what I'm seeing is probably most difficult for them at this time. So if you understand it and, like, are aware of it from this capacity, because, you know, a lot of starseeds don't have starseed parents necessarily. I think now maybe that's shifting, and you know more than I do about this, Ariel, but um, I didn't grow up with starseed parents, and I was kind of, you know, on my own. Um, 
but I think that there's some really unique challenges, especially now during kind of this mass awakening that we're all going through, um, moving into the new earth consciousness and everything. And, you know, I think that, I think the hardest part for starseed children is, like for my daughter, for example, knowing, knowing, knowing what she knows, being kind of a, an old soul, advanced consciousness, understanding things and seeing, seeing things for what they are. I think what's hardest for them is that they're still human and they are still having the human needs to fit in and to make friends. And I think it's especially difficult when starseed children can see the ugliness of people and they can see the way that people mistreat others or the, the way that they see children being mean or manipulating things or lying or cheating or stealing. Like it's so not in the starseed consciousness that it's, I think it's hard to see that and then still try to make friends because there's not a lot of other necessarily starseeds around, especially if you're in a small school. So it can be a very lonely time. And so the more that people can understand that, and many people can probably relate to it from when they were little. um, I know I could but that's one of the challenges. And I think the biggest challenge, especially now, is because they're so bright in their light. Their light shines so brightly that it brings out other people's shadows even more. It's like, you know, the brighter your bulb, the bigger the shadow. And so right. that can be very challenging because it's challenging and confronting to those that are not in their full light. And so it can be even harder when... That's a great point. You know, you know I completely understand... And I know you're correct on that, but, you know, hadn't had a thought about it in those exact terms before. But that's, but that's true. I know Lavendar um, has often used the phrase that, that my light will force you to evolve. But nobody said what mm, that was going to look like. One. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the, uh, yeah the, the caller apparently dropped off and then came back, but it's um, apparently not on topic. So, um, oh, okay. Uh, the comment oh, I wanted to answer your your um, kind of question. In 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 our work, when a lot of times you know I'll uh, I do reading for parent, and then they want their kids, their kids charts done as well. And mm-hmm. I almost always see starseed children of starseed parents. Mm. However having, you know, doing like live sessions with people, there are um, there are parents that carry the starseed frequencies in the bloodline, but they themselves are sound asleep and, um, you know, completely. Oh, so maybe, my, so maybe mine are. I haven't done their charts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, I mean, just because someone has star markings, it doesn't mean they're awake. It doesn't Correct. mean that they have command of of those rites of passage, um, because mm-hmm. but the bloodline, the star seeds will always pick a bloodline for the um, advantages. The like Lavendar talks about when you're ordering a car, you've got to have it's got to be loaded because the star seed energy cannot come into a lower frequency bloodline um, and expect to thrive. 
unless there's mm, some special okay. dispensation where it's like, man, this bloodline is really, really dark, so we're going to send a, a light being into that family to to start shifting that bloodline. But those are, I think, rare um, situations. Most most often, um, because I've I've done I've done sessions for people that's like, you know, my parents are are not star seeds, and it's like, well, tell me, you know the birth information, and I'll look, and it's like, well, they've got the markings. They're just sound asleep. They, it might not have been um, in their uh, cards, so to speak, to um, awaken and, and, and do missions. It could have just been their thing to bring the bloodline, carry the bloodline, and bring through the children. And that could have been the only thing oh, that I they love it. were going to do. You know, so I mean, thank you for clarifying that for me, because I think that was that is um, that makes so much sense. And I I I wondered that. And and but, yeah, that's a really important distinction. Thank you for clarifying that. I think that's awesome. That's super helpful. Well, I mean, just I mean, there's a lot of star seeds right now that are still asleep. And if they have children that are awake, they might have that same impression. But everyone's Mm -hmm. on the timetable. And um, it's, it's not always, uh, you know, it has to be their choice. Okay, I want to know about this now. And then you can, you can set the table. But you can't, you can't drag them in and, and make them sit down and start shoving it down their throat because it won't, it won't do you any good. <laughs> but, you know, there are, good, right? yeah, yeah. But there are a lot of parents who are asleep. They are totally 3D. They, you know, they, they, uh, spurn anything spiritual, metaphysical as hogwash. But you look at their chart, and they're and they're loaded with star markings. So, mm. you know, frequency doesn't lie. Another one of Lavendar's great sayings: frequency doesn't lie. Only people do. So they can have their frequency be really, really high, but they can, you know, deny it to themselves. Maybe it's a you know an ongoing trend of parent. Um, to grandchild to parent to grandchild going down through the through the generations where you just do it because that's the way your grandma did it and they don't break mm-hmm. out but they're still carrying the bloodline so just because you got well, the bloodline really, mm. yeah it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're going to activate it okay so it's interesting because you know, i do feel like there's I, yeah, I have so many more questions now, but I won't ask them here. <laughs> but I love okay. it. That's really you're well, getting, you know what? You're getting I my mean, mind thinking and thinking. I love it. If you if you want to email me um, birth info for your parents, I could take a quick look and tell you yes or no, just to look for star um, markings. Okay, well, thank you. I'll probably take you up on that because I probably am going to be in for a surprise. So I think that's. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You may, yeah, you may be learning. surprised. I'm always learning. Yeah, I mean, even even parents that were that were you know terribly um, you know dictatorial and 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 restraining and and you know you know not allowing. It's like no, you have to go do this or this. I'm paying for college. You're going to study what I want you to. Um, you know mm-hmm. that, that there are situations like that, but I think those are. Uh, kind of phasing out and more and more parents want to um, empower their children, you know, and certainly the, I mean, the parents who are bringing in ch- children now, 
you know, people that are in their 20s or 30s, um, they're kind of breaking out of that paradigm of you'll do it it. this way because that's the way my grandmother did it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a great great freedom thing going on. Oh, I can't wait to see what this generation is going to do and how things are going to shift when they have all these amazing creative ideas and what they're going to do here. It's going to be so fun to watch. Yeah. As long as their parents keep them out of the um, electromagnetic radiation, because that will—that's mm-hmm. the only thing that could stop them in their tracks. You know, just being so so ridden with with radiation from cell phones and Wi-Fi, um, depleting their silica, and basically, you know, uh, handicapping them. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I really really appeal to parents that think they might have starseed children. Um, You've got to you've got to take the hard line when it comes to cell phones. If they're under 16, they should not be allowed to own one. And yeah, yeah. my brother's like, oh yeah, good luck with that. I was like, well, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, there's, I mean, I have. That's why I have a, a special device in my home that creates a bio shield that um, neutralizes the all the frequencies just within our home here. So it's actually a nice, safe little bubble. But you can't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that kind of responsibility that, well. that that parents parents need to show that kind of responsibility and awareness because we've mm-hmm. been lulled into complacency. And the thing is that it takes ten years, you know, for the tumors to form, and by the time you really have a problem, it might be too late to to turn it around. So you know, if you if you love your child, don't allow them to be that a cell phone zombie because yeah, you're robbing I the agree, future. especially when I see babies in the strollers with devices in their hands, my heart breaks. Oh. Oh God. <laughs> We'd be terrible together <laughs> if we go go through <laughs> walk you, around. You go, yeah, you go I mean every place you turn. You know, I mean I saw a woman yeah. carrying an infant in in one of those little, you know, like hammock sacks hanging in front of her and strapped to her mm-hmm. arm only inches from the baby's head was her cell phone. Oh. And oh, I, I mean it took everything I had to to not just go up and slap her. And yeah, and, I, I mean actually... it's 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 really hard, uh, you know. And sometimes I will say something and it falls on deaf ears. So yeah, that's, I know. You know I have a I have a cancer prevention course that I created and I have an entire module on EMFs, Wi Fi, cell phones and because it's that important and most people are like poo poo it and meanwhile we hope that that yeah. shifts soon. Yeah. Maybe well, Tesla I mean, will have something to say about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, hopefully um you know, the big wireless companies are not ever going to admit that the the you know skyrocketing cancer rates are tightly linked to um, you know electromagnetic radiation. So it's up to the parents. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. up to the parents. It is. So it is. another part, another curriculum for you for the uh, for the new um, children's school. You know, rule Absolutely. number one. You know, the internet is a great slave, but but it's a it's a it's a terrible master. Yep. No, it's just, it's with the online school. I mean, my daughter is in front of the computer now, ten hours a day between 
this, you know, six hours of school plus then homework and trying to, it's just horrible. So we have to take a lot of measures to try to keep her, like get her grounded, get her exercising, get her doing all sorts of stuff, moving around. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, um, elite, shungite, um, orgone, yep. um, yeah, all kinds of, you know, zero point I energy. I all over my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there are things that we can do. But you have are. to, you have to really um, comprehend the danger before you'll do anything about it. So yeah. for the children, you know, we need to protect them. We do. We got to well, feed them Erica, the right food and all of it. Yes, feeding them the right food and and uh, you know, gosh, between the chemicals in food, the food supply, um, the wireless industry and big pharmaceutical companies. We got. We have to be really vigilant because we're getting it from all sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So, parents, educate yourselves um, to raise your children to fulfill the great purpose that they came here for. So, I think we're going to wrap it up now, and um, it's just been a pleasure having you with us, and I do look forward to um, seeing you in Arkansas again one day, maybe with your daughter. And I'm gonna well, I'm gonna have some I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna have some fun on your YouTube channel because there was just such oh, a, a wealth of information. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go play around there for a while. Oh, so I love I'm it. giving My you God, a big it's hug. Pretty funny sometimes. Thank you, Ariel. Thank you so much for having me. And um, big hug back to you as well. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a beautiful holiday season. And look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, and happiest holidays to you as well. So everyone, we will be. Thank you. We will be back um, two weeks from tonight for our Christmas show, and until then, enjoy the holiday. Don't stress. Show grace and compassion, and that's the best gift you can give anyone. Until next time, bye bye. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.